Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week we are bringing you three awesome indie games news stories, but before we get into that, I'd like to introduce myself, Vaughn Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. How you doing today, big Josh Boy? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic, especially. I feel super exhilarated because... I got that right after like five times, like the past five episodes, I'm pretty sure I've just really fucked it up. Just It's true. Yeah. We, we, we finally got a good run of actually introducing ourselves in our show. Yeah. And then I fucked it up. Like last week I did, I didn't even do it. I was just like, I, I forgot what I was doing. Honestly. It's okay. Everyone knows. I mean, our fan base, uh, however small it is, the ones that actually listen, they're you know, regulars. I don't know how many new people we're getting. I'm sure it's fine. Who was listening to episode 69 as their first one? Well, actually, maybe. Maybe if it was marketed well. Although we don't really do that, so. I mean, I guess the nicest part about this podcast is you can listen to literally any episode. And, like, I, it's not necessarily, like, it's not evergreen content, but I feel like the dumb shit we do in between. Oh, yeah, for sure is somewhat worth it at least so at least those parts are evergreen maybe i should do like a second podcast feed where i just cut out all the stupid conversations we have like intermittent Uh uh-huh uh-huh i I feel like that would i would really take off yeah we call it uh indie sidecast that's a good one thank you i'm a i'm a name genius yeah just to let you guys all know we will soon be changing our name i'm not gonna tell you what it is oh shit spoilers no <laughs> but we will soon be changing our name i okay so yep. i was gonna wait I'm changing my name i'm gonna be frank <laughs> i have wanted to okay totally a side tangent here we go dude <laughs> I mean, could, here, here it is side cast, it. bro. <laughs> have you ever wanted to change your name oh for sure dude i was thinking about this the other day i had the weirdest things so i was a big digimon fan when i was a kid for some reason and I was like, my name sucks. Josh is boring. I want to be Ty. And I, That's a <laughs> like, great name, dude. Dude, I remember talking to my dad about that. I kind of want to ask him about that because like, now looking back, I'm like, fuck, man. That was so dumb. <laughs> Kids are so stupid. Really? Ty is just such an interesting name. No, At man. least you didn't no want to be like fucking Chad or something. I mean, Be nah. a Kyle. What? No. Why am I going to go for these normal ass names? <laughs> those aren't gotta... normal names. Those are names of douchebags. I mean, that's what those are i could be a bro i mean at least it, what my point is though you didn't aspire from like you didn't look in childlike wonder at the names like chad and kyle and you're like man i can't wait to the point in my life when i can just wear snapbacks and be Pop sexually aggressive collar. yeah yeah <laughs> something like that i don't know why did you ask anyway Oh, uh, because one, I'm really trying to convince you to change your name to the biggest of average Josh boys, if that's not obvious. And two, (laughs) and two, throughout my entire life, I've, I, I now think my name is actually quite cool. Vaughn is a cool name because not many people have it, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have grown super annoyed with myself that I Mm -hmm. never just went by Hyde because it's so cool. Yeah, and you people could have been, like hide from that '70s show. Exactly, I could be hide from that '70s show. I don't have cool hair, and <sighs> I I don't really exude you know big dick energy. If anything, uh, it's the opposite. But 
We've been on this a lot. This is like a very, very reoccurring theme with this show. <laughs> yeah, people look at me. They're like, man, that's some small penis energy. But um, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I, for the longest time, really regret not going by Hyde because mm-hmm. my friends have con- – they really point out, they're like, you could have done it. And I guess they're just rubbing salt in the wound that they're like, you could have done it. So maybe eventually when I ditch all my friends and yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going (laughs) to ask, is that why you're ditching all your friends so you could start fresh? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Once I ditch all my friends, I can be hide. But then my fiance, my like soon to be wife is going to be like, what are you fucking doing? Oh, man. You just trying to be an asshole now. Like I've gone, (laughs) I've gone too far being Vaughn. I can't just change my name now. Like, my friend Chase, frequent listener and writer in, thank you very much. Um, his sister Aspen wants to be called Rain, which is mm. her middle name. And if I tried to go by Hyde, the same thing would happen, which is we all refuse to do it and deliberately <laughs> call her Aspen, which I I do feel bad about, but then I also don't because. Yes. That's fucking stupid. It's not... Okay, that's not true. <laughs> if you want to be called something different, people should just let you. I feel like we're just being assholes. Like, knowing somebody from child... Like, from your childhood, you just immediately... Like, I, I feel like you just want them to suffer for all the times <laughs> they've made you suffer throughout life. Yeah. So... Sounds about right. Yeah, that's a random <clears throat> tangent about wanting to change your name. Uh, I wish I would have <laughs> been called Hyde, but... Yeah. Well, it's never going to happen. I feel like now, definitely, since I've said it on the internet, people are never going to allow me to be called Hyde. Maybe. It's okay. You just have to rebrand yourself. Just change everything on every social page and just act like nothing ever happened. Just be like, I'm Hyde, and just never say your first name from now on in all of the episodes we do. <laughs> Another weird tangent, Um, and this one's going to be quick so we can get into the news and what we're playing and such. So, Chase... Uh, is trying to set up my bachelor party because I am getting married. And he sets up this group chat between everybody that's going to be included in my bachelor party. Oh, shit. Why was I invited? I mean, dude. This fuck. (laughs) If you didn't live in Florida, you'd be be invited, big boy. (laughs) Damn it. If you didn't live in the long dick of the United States, you'd, you'd be here with me. I mean... If you want to show up to my wedding with an alligator and or bachelor party with an alligator, I'll fucking shit my pants because I'm terrified of aquatic life, but yeah. that would be really cool. Did I tell you that story about... Let's go on another tangent. Did I tell you? I was on a, a flight uh, a, a few weeks back. I was coming back from California, and this guy was uh, sitting a seat uh, across from me, and he was like... You're about to tell me this guy had a fucking alligator on no, a plane? No, 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 no. I'm going to kill no. myself. <laughs> he was like... He was from California, and he was drinking a bunch, and he was getting all rowdy, and he's like, oh, do you want a whiskey? And I was like, no, sir, please leave me alone. And, and so he starts talking to me, and he's like, oh, like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Florida. I'm going back home. He's like, oh, do you see alligators? And I'm like, yeah, every so often. And he's like, what? Are you not scared of them? And I'm like, no, I'd leave them alone. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he, like, lost his freaking mind. He, like, could not comprehend the fact that, like, if you see them, you just don't go near them. <laughs> what would be so interesting, and obviously this is not possible because it's imaginary, but if he, like, looked away and then looked back and you were an alligator. If only. If only <laughs> I had that power. <laughs> if only you could mighty morph into a fucking alligator. Yeah. That still I've... speaks English somehow and you just sit there like nothing happened. Like an like, alligator what? in your clothes and you're just like, sup, dude? 
Ah, <laughs> uh, that would be. I'm uh, fairly certain that guy would definitely like check him in, check himself into some sort of insane asylum. Probably. But anyway, I, I don't remember oh. what we're talking about. Okay, so Chase is trying to set up this group chat. Probably the only time in his life he's ever tried to be serious, which oh, is shit. interesting. Um, he's trying to set up this group chat, and he's like, "Hey, everybody, this is Vaughn's bachelor party like group chat." My name is Chase. And I was like, my name is Daniel. And he was like, fuck you. Why did you have to do that? So, yeah, every time somebody like and also a little abridged version of this is uh, when I was going to college, there was a guy who like turned around and asked me uh, what my name was. And I was like, Daniel. And he was like, oh, okay, Daniel. What's up, dude? And I asked he like turned around and he's like, hey, nice to meet you. My name is Kyle, whatever. He kind of looked like a Kyle. And he turns around and says, hey, my name is Kyle. And like, I shake his hand. I'm like, my name is Daniel. And he's like, nice to meet you, Daniel. And I was like, nice to meet you. Several days later, he called me Daniel again. And I was like, I'm just kidding. My name is Vaughn. And he, he was paused. so confused. Yeah. And he <laughs> did not believe me that my name was Vaughn. He was like, why are like, he thought then I was trying to mess with him. The first time he was like, Daniel, totally get it. What's up? Because that is a normal name. But then when I tried to tell him my real name, he did not believe me, even though when you log into these computers, it says your fucking name on it. Like he saw that and he's like, I still don't believe you. Like that could be anybody. He didn't believe me until I showed him my driver's license. Damn. I mean, maybe he stole my identity. So maybe I'm the one who got got. But mm -hmm, true. The, yeah, I had to go that far to show this guy that my name was Vaughn. And I still feel like deep down, he doesn't believe that my name is Vaughn. <laughs> wow. What a mystery. Yeah, maybe I like tor like I tormented this guy. Like Maybe the reason I haven't seen him, uh, because Idaho is a small place and I frequently run into people that I don't want to see. But mm -hmm. um, maybe the reason I've never seen him is because, like the alligator scenario... He checked himself into an insane asylum because he couldn't comprehend that my name was actually Vaughn and not Daniel. Sounds legit to me. Oh, and then also in that same group chat, uh, Avery, one of our other friends, um, said that he was like going to get his prostate removed. He couldn't go. Wow. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Okay. He, he took it to a weird place. I was just like, my name is Daniel. And then he posted a weird meme that I don't think anybody understood. It was just a weird picture and then said he was going to get his prostate removed. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good stuff. That's, group that's chats my group are great. Of friends. <laughs> and my brother said he'd bring the hookers and cocaine. So, well, now it's a party. Yeah, my brother is that kind of guy. So, what games have you been playing this week, Big Josh Boy? Well, from hookers and cocaine uh, to indie games, I guess. What a what a nice transition. I'm uh, so good at them. If, I know. if nobody's noticed, pretty much just seamless. Well. I've been playing a couple games. Of course, I've been playing Isaac. We all know that. But you played some Bind of Isaac, yeah, dude. I'm getting so good at that game. Anyway, uh, but actual indie games that people want to hear about. Uh, so I tried out Scourgebringer. Uh, Scourgebringer is a game from Flying Oak Games, the independent developer, and this game came out, uh, I believe February 6th is the release date, uh, but it's still an early access. And one of the things that's cool that I didn't know, 
Xbox Game Pass did is like usually when games are in early access, it's only in Steam, but they actually also had it for their Game Pass for PC. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'll try it out. And so I tested it out. It's basically, you know, like an alpha test of this game or a beta test where people are trying it out, giving feedback, whatnot. Um, But it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, Super, super difficult. It's essentially a roguelike game where you're this princess warrior, like the strongest warrior of this clan, who um, this evil, I guess, yeah, I guess evil race of like aliens are taking over. And so you're the scourge, uh, like defeater uh, or something, I guess, where you're asked from your clan as the strongest person in there to go investigate and uh, destroy them. And so it's pretty ominous. I know it's, it's like really quick with the story of just like being like, you're the strongest, go get him. And it's like, Oh, okay. That's weird. And so you just, you just jump into the, like what appears to be their ship or something like that. And then it's, it's room based kind of like how you would consider uh, something like dead cells where it's very fast paced moving from one area to the next. Oh, so um, not like mine sees. Okay, cool. No. So it's, it's, it's very uh, uh, segmented where you'll go into a room and it'll be uh, very similar to Isaac. It'll be a room that's auto generated where there's enemies. You have to fight those enemies. Usually each room is a a group of enemies that you kill and then a second wave of them will spawn. Um, And then once you're done, the doors will unlock and you'll be able to go further into the dungeon. And so there's different areas like shops, different areas where you get to upgrade. Um, You have to fight a mini boss and then fight the main boss of the world. And the, the, the way it works is each level, that mini boss and the boss are always the same. And the enemies in uh, that level type are always going to be the same, but they, they um, basically use a variety of them in different ways and spawn randomly. So you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, there's some, uh, amount of like, okay, I know the general gist of what type of enemies I'll see, but the, the layout of the, the level is always going to be different. Uh, how many maps you have, where the different areas are is always going to be different. Um, the gameplay is super, super quick, super snappy, very like, that's why I, uh, compared it to dead cells in their trailer. They actually compare themselves to a mix up of dead cells and Celeste. Um, And the reason why they do that is because it's very heavily based on um, dodging and attacking like Dead Cells, but also having a mechanic of uh, wall, uh, like clinging to the walls and being able to run up them and having different dash moves kind of similar to Celeste, um, where your basic attacks are a light attack, a heavy attack, a dash attack, and then you have a gun where you get to shoot projectiles and based on how many times you're slashing enemies, you'll uh, get your ammunition back. So it's very quick paced and there's a lot of like moving around, dodging. There's things that are constantly attacking you. You have to uh, use a heavy attack to stun enemies that can't be killed really quickly. Um, There's different, like I said, those mini bosses and bosses all with their different styles of how you have to uh, like patterns and ways that you have to avoid them. This game is super hard, like super hard. I could only get to about the second level and beat the, the second boss. And then from there, I basically would always die. Oh, that sucks so much because this game looks so fucking cool. It's so, yeah. So one of the things that's cool about it, though, is as you're playing, it's one of those progression games where as far as you get, 
um, based on killing the mini bosses and the bosses, you'll get certain currency that you can then come back and whenever you die, you get put to this weird like purgatory place where you can jump back to to like start a new run over. Um, and before you jump back in, you can go to this tree where you can get different uh, power-ups that will be retained throughout the game. So like max health increased, there's things where you, you uh, enable a combo system where if you're constantly attacking enemies and, and keeping that combo up, you'll get more money in the game so that you can have more currency to, to buy unlocks that are inside the game as opposed to once you're out in that, you know, that purgatory room so like there's different shopkeepers when you're on that ship which is kind of weird since i you're like in an alien ship and there's just like a random shopkeep but anyway um so you're going through um it's it's super fun like i really enjoyed it even though it was one of those games where like i'm probably gonna take a break and see kind of where it goes because it was just like one of those things where i was like man i'm getting my ass handed to me i'm gonna take a break from it and come back later but it was like I played it for like three hours straight because I was just having so much fun with it. And it was so quick paced to just be like, Oh, I'll just jump into one more match. I'll try it one more time. I'll try it one more time. It's got a lot of that, that really good, like addiction, uh, like aspect to it of like, all right, I don't know like why. not in like you a said not addiction. In, and I thought you said addiction. No, 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 no. <laughs> like it's got a very addicting, uh, aspect to it of that. Just like just one more, which is like a good thing because I think that's how you need to base roguelites is because if you don't have that feeling and you get your ass handed to you, you're going to be like, all right, forget this game. But it's, it's very quick to jump back in very quick to, to go through the entire uh, level and eventually get your ass handed to you and then be like, all right, let me upgrade my stuff. Let me try to see what I can get so that next run will be a little bit more. And it's as you're playing each time you learn the patterns of the enemies, you learn how to dodge. And it's, it's a very like get good kind of game. Um, but it's a lot of fun, even if you are bad at it. Like I still, when I was getting my ass handed, I was like, this is a lot of fun just because of how fast paced it is. So one, looking at this gameplay, this is, this is what I thought and what I wish, uh, that the messenger was like, how like maneuverable this mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. Cause it does have like, yeah, I don't know. It's, this is, like I said, this is what I wish it looked like because this is so much more maneuverable. You do these combos in midair. You have dashes similar to, like, I see where Celeste comes in. Um, yeah. A mix between multiple different, like, weapons and stuff. It just looks so cool. Uh, the second thing I wanted to say is, do you know if this is an early access on Xbox Game Pass on the actual console? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I think it's only PC interesting okay yeah they do early access on like xbox with certain games so they did it like uh like astroneer i believe was an early access on xbox one and Mm -hmm. so was like arc survival evolved um before it saw its full release so they do it but i'm i'd be interested to see if this was also on consoles as well Mm. yeah i'm looking at uh, a couple articles right now it looks like it's only for the pc version um, but if I find out differently, I'll, I'll let you know. I'm that is pretty cool it. though, that they're there, that that's kind of a benefit to having the PC version. Like from what I've heard from you and like Chris Penwell and stuff mm-hmm. with the Xbox game pass is that it seems like the, the PC version is still great, but it yeah, is yeah. like missing some things that the Xbox has. And that this is, that's cool that this is something that's included on the PC version, but not on the console. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Like that's 
and I think it's a good thing that they're doing that, even though it sucks for the person who only has one is because essentially what they're trying to do is, is push you to buy both. Cause there's the ultimate package that they have where it's like, you can get both the games on the Xbox and the PC. And then if they have, you know, different libraries, it makes sense. Cause otherwise, you know, there is the benefit of, Oh, I can play on both places, but like without a various or a varied library, it's like, okay, well, why am I really paying that much more for, you know, having it on both places how much is the the pay like increase so how much is it just on pc and then when you include it with ultimate so just for pc is like five bucks i think ultimate is is 15 a Mm. month but i think it also ultimate includes uh gold meaning like the the yeah the online online subscription yeah okay. for for Xbox. So it's like it's it's worth it if you have that ecosystem, but you know, for me who only has a PC, like I just want to spend the $5. So I think they did it in a smart way. Um because if you're part of that world and you have both, then it does make sense to to shell out the 15 because then you get gold, you get uh I think Xbox has something where they give like free games away, uh kind of like similar to the the PS Plus. Yeah, they um, do. Yeah, the so the games with gold yeah so like there's there's a bunch of benefits to it um but i don't know uh xbox game pass is pretty cool for pc anyway yeah i think i'm gonna actually get it on pc especially Mm -hmm. for just like five dollars it's such a good um it's such a good value just intrinsically um but then something like scourge bringer being on there even though it's in early access is very very cool kind of makes me excited for what they might have later on but i'm gonna suck so much dick at this game just looking at it mm-hmm. i know that i won't yeah, be able to do well it's a toughie um yeah i just went on their website and yeah it's only for uh pc it's not for the actual xbox uh console for cool. game pass well it looks like i'm getting game pass on pc you are also playing a game called forced yeah so forced is a really old game um i talked about uh a game a while back from this developer beta dwarf which was the oh man why can't i think of the name right now um anyway i'll I'll think of it in a second i'll look at my steam library um but there the reason why i got into this game uh it's from 2013 so like i said it is old but it's a really fun game it's a cooperative four-person game where it's kind of like action adventure it's very similar to uh think of like gauntlet but um where you're going through trials each area is kind of like a puzzle with a lot of it and the main thing is you you're like these four heroes who are going through these weird like uh, minions through hell uh, is what it seems like. I, I can't remember the exact storyline to it because one of the big things about playing a game with a bunch of people is you hardly pay attention to the actual game itself. Um, but it's really fun in the fact that like people can be really bad at this game. Like it is, it is a pretty tough game to to do it with all of the uh, achievements. Meaning there's like a time version of it. Like you have to beat it in this amount of time or there's like objectives where you have to do extra things in the level. And each one of those unlocks gems, which then you're able to use to upgrade the characters. Um, and it, it essentially is broken down into worlds where you have those trials, which are little like levels that you go through and you fight enemies, you do certain puzzles, um, and you're doing this all together as four different characters. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Cause it's one of those games where there's uh, a good amount of, you need to be on the same page 
kind of like you would think of for for like an overcooked um but not as much of a mini game it's more like uh if you're not on the same page you're all gonna die really quick so you basically have these four characters and a and a like a this kind of powerful being that's basically just a circle this orb that you can control by each person pressing uh for key like for um the computer it's for me it's a space bar and so when i click space bar the orb will go towards me where i'm standing currently and anyone at any time can press the space bar and the orb will go and bounce back to them so people can uh effectively screw each other up and you have to be precise about where that orb is going because you have to have it go through certain objects or through certain uh, enemies to affect them. And if you don't do it in the right pattern and the right you know angle, it'll screw everything up and you'll have to then move your characters around. And there's a lot of like yelling and screaming because people are doing the wrong thing or they're in the wrong area. And it's like one of those very hectic kind of fun games. I really enjoy it because it's, it's basically just me and the three other people uh, who I always play games with. And this has been one of those games for the longest time where we played it. And then we, we, we got like a third of the way through the game and then just stopped. And it was like one of those running jokes where one of our friends kept saying like, Hey, why don't we play forest? And we were like, nah, we're never going to play that again. And so finally, I forget what happened, but finally he, he ended up just being like, no, we're, we're playing this damn game. All right. And so we were like, okay. And we, we went through it. We had to start the game totally over from scratch and go through all of it. But it's, it's a lot of fun. Like, I, I don't know why we ever dropped it. Cause it's, it's one of those games where, you find out that certain people are not as coordinated as you thought they would be in games. And you're like, Oh my God, what are you doing? So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a good time. So just for my own edification and maybe if there are some dumb people listening like myself, um, are you guys playing the forced slightly better edition or forced showdown? So we're playing, uh, actually it's a, Oh, slight, a slightly better edition. Excuse me. Oh, okay, because Force Showdown does have deck building mechanics. Mm. Ah. So so there's Force so okay, so Forced is the game where this originally started, and then they also have Minion Masters, which we talked about before. That was the game that I couldn't think of. And mm-hmm. Minion Masters is uh basically using that same world and the same characters from forced but instead it's that uh card based mechanic of having uh two people that you play cards at a certain time based on uh having waves of enemies go crashing into each other and trying to basically destroy each other's forts we've talked about this before i'm not sure about force showdown i i don't think i've seen that one it seems like it has similar gameplay to Forest, with the exception of like the the deck building is seemingly like power ups. Mm, okay, yeah, no, I haven't seen this one. This is interesting. Um, I'll have to take a look because this might be something that uh, some of my friends are into. But I, the the developer Beta Dwarf uh, behind both Forest and Minion Masters, I, I think they do really good work. So I'm sure it's uh, a good game. It's got nine out of ten on Steam for this force showdown anyway. Um, they're, they're a really good developer. I definitely uh, have a lot of faith in the stuff that they produce. Yeah, the game looks kind of cool, and the story behind it is seemingly that you are slaves in the world's best gladiator school. Mm, there you go. See, uh, I probably should have done my due diligence, but I didn't because I just kind of forgot. Um, and <laughs> like like I said, this is one of those games where I'm not really paying – like I don't care about the story. Like the, the, the point of this game for me anyway is just the hecticness and playing with my friends. It's, it's one of those things where like – 
it, like a game needs an obvious story and it's probably an interesting story uh, to boot, but it's just one of those things where, especially if I'm playing with this group of friends, a lot of the times we're just going to ramble and make stupid comments and, you know, just be goofy as fuck. And like a lot of the time the story gets kind of washed uh, out from that. Yeah. I feel like in most co-op games, like once you, once you introduce other people, there's almost zero percent chance that anybody's actually listening to this story. it's hard yeah it's hard to do that because like you think about like this was one of the biggest things with fallout 76 why i thought this was such a like a cool mechanic but why i didn't think it was going to work very well is because like you have one friend who wants to listen to all of the audio tapes one and you know like listen to the entire story soak it all in and then you have those other group of friends who are like no nah, come on let's go let's kill some ghouls like i don't care about that like let's let's do this let's have a good time and it's such a struggle to be torn between those two parts because you're constantly starting and stopping starting and stopping so like uh, having an adept like an in-depth storyline to a game that's kind of like quirky in this way doesn't make as much sense you can obviously be into it and enjoy it but like you have to have the right friend group for that to want to actually take that time and be like oh let's actually pay attention to the story you know yeah, my friends are definitely not those. I'll be telling them, like, playing Destiny. I'll be telling them about freaking literally anything. And they're like, can you just shut the fuck up? Can we just shoot some bad guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy, he's fucking dead. He was scorched by a golden gun. And they're just like, I don't care. Like That's not gun. interesting. I'm like, did you know that Cade 6 was actually killed by a special bullet? It wasn't just any kind of bullet, which, I mean, I guess that might have been a spoiler, but if you didn't know that, <laughs> you're a little bit what? behind. That was you know literally what? in the promotional I'm material. Definitely not playing now. I know, right? It totally just ruined your life. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of playing, for me, I'm playing Florence. We uh, This is a game that actually came out on, I believe ios i don't know if it actually came to android but it came it was on ios last year yeah it came to android because i played it so it must have came to android oh well there you go yeah i didn't know that you ended up actually playing it i remember both of us talking about like i said i was gonna play it It might have actually just been me um but (laughs) i said i was gonna play it when it came to consoles it has since come to i believe uh just the nintendo switch and pc and it's five dollars, which is an amazing value for what this game actually ended up being. Like it's, I'm I'm loath to say that it's a game. It's more of an experience yeah. because it has very little actual gamey elements. Like it doesn't have much gameplay other than some puzzles. But even when you solve the puzzles, it's not necessarily like actually doing anything. Yeah, You're it's just, just an like, interactive story. Yeah, you're building dialogue bubbles, but even then, they don't actually speak. It's Mm -hmm. a story told without literal words, with the exception of when you talk to your mom um, on the phone, which is oddly one of the only... Like, there are two things about the game that I didn't enjoy. One was, like, talking talking to your mom and not actually... Like, you... It's kind of like hearing one side of the conversation, but... I just wanted to know what her mom was saying because the actual answers were kind of douchey at times. Like there's an achievement like in the steam achievements to just hang up on your mom five times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that's a dick move. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why you do that, but 
I I really really enjoy Florence. Anybody who is on the fence about it, I would absolutely recommend it. It is developed by Mountains, by the way. I forgot to say that. Um, for my notes, I've got uh, that the gameplay I believe transfers pretty well to mouse and keyboard. Um, mm. Because you, I, I don't know why I say keyboard. It's just the mouse. Um, mm. Because on the phone, you would literally just be using touch controls. It does get a little bit annoying with like the actual tracking, like kind of the ball tracking of your mouse where you have to go all the way to one side and then you try to get it all the way over, but maybe you didn't do it far enough so then it snaps back to the other side of the screen. That can be somewhat annoying, but it's not something that happens that often. Um, I do like the really subtle storytelling. I did write that down before um, I realized that there was literally no like actual dialogue in the game or words for the most part um but the reason i say subtle storytelling is because i like that instead of like instead of you really like showing you or i guess instead of telling you that florence the character has drifted apart from her childhood friends instead you see like you play through this little segment of it's a picture with a clock next to it and you slowly move the clock's hand around. And as you do, it shows the passage of time and your friends like slowly start to branch away from you in this picture as you get older and older and start doing other things until Florence is alone. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, really cool. Uh, the soundtrack is absolutely amazing. After I played this game, I immediately went to Spotify and added, almost all the songs to my uh to my like playlists wow. um really i it. yeah i do have to say that i'm it's not that i don't like them i'm just never in the mood for a really depressing song so i kind of just check out all the depressing songs uh-huh. i i don't want to listen to those ones but the rest of them man i i'm gonna say it right now those are bangers oh, i um, love when you say it <laughs> 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 I, I did like that uh, at times the easier the conversation seems to be within the moment for uh-huh. uh, Florence and Krish, wh- who is actually like her, her romance, her love interest. Basically, like the two people that are important in this game are Florence and Krish, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the easier those conversations get between the two of them, like on their first date, the puzzles are like three pieces. And that would be like the introduction of the conversation, kind of you telling each other about you telling one another about one another of course um then it gets much easier the further they go in the date and you see that these two are kind of like they're starting to meld they're they're flowing really well i like that a lot um the oh uh during arguments when it starts to kind of fall apart i like that the puzzles are much harder and it becomes kind of a competition because that is in the end, what arguments are about is kind of a competition about who's right and who's wrong. Right. And I like that that comes through in gameplay instead of, I don't know, just telling you right out. Um, that's kind of the best part about this game is it's a show, not tell. Like everything is shown to you through either gameplay or the actual like pictures that are on there. It doesn't tell you anything, right. um, which I guess is the exact opposite of my complaint about not knowing what her mom is saying. <laughs> oh. Um having oh i okay i'm like trying to decipher my own notes because i'm like what does that mean um i wrote down (laughs) having to make room for krish's stuff that is something that you do when you move in with somebody is you actually have to like you not only do you have to make room in like your livable space but you have to make room in your life for this other person and i think that's something that most people who don't really like they aren't 
in relationships all that often don't really notice is mm. that when they move in with you, yes, you have to move like you literally have to move a lot of your stuff around so that their stuff can fit in your limited, like confined space. But you also have to move kind of, you have to make time for them. You have to move your life around in a sense, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it does sound like one. Um, you have to kind of change some things to be in a relationship, which I thought was really cool. Um, uh, I like the use of warm colors to depict happiness because in the beginning of the game, it's all these like dark grays and it's really kind of just like boring. You see that uh, Florence is not at all happy with her life. It doesn't seem she's like this accountant, which later on is kind of elaborated where like she's much more of an artsy person and she loves to do art, which you see through like her childhood stuff. But then her mom makes her do her homework, which is math homework. Um, and she doesn't Fucking like no. that, which is, yeah, exactly, which is an exact contrast. So, like, the when she's enjoying everything, it's these bright colors and it's this fast-paced music. But then when it turns to, like, her doing her homework, all of the color kind of drains from the scene and it becomes just these grays and blacks. I think that's really cool and it's reflected in her adult life when she's an accountant, seemingly, or, like, maybe works in data entry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all, like basically like colorless there as well she grows up to actually kind of do what seemingly her mom wanted her to do but she doesn't like it at all and then eventually when she starts being more artsy and doing her art the color comes into the world um as well as when chris enters her world the color starts to come in Uh, there's just so much that i love about this game i have way too many notes for it if i'm being (laughs) honest because this game is like i beat it in less than an hour and yeah, I have almost, yeah, I have almost an entire page of notes about how much I love this game. That's um, oh, oh, okay. Here's another thing that I found somewhat neutral. And this is the last, I'm going to end on this part because the rest of them are like, just play this fucking game. It's, it's $6. It's amazing. Just play it. Um, <laughs> the, the one other thing that was kind of annoying to me, I guess, is that it, but it's like it's a neutral thing it's not really that annoying is that when chris moves in you have to put his stuff on your shelves but when he moves out it's different stuff and i was like like, okay that's not attention to detail but i guess it's uh, it is possible that they do you know take some things change so it is like over a year or a year and a half something like that yeah um yeah, uh, I have to say. Got to move things around, you know? Can't have the same thing on your desk for a whole year. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I move shit around all the time. I See? constantly like go. move stuff around. So it definitely makes sense. That's why I said it's more of a neutral thing. Something mm-hmm. I'm like lukewarm on. I'm like, okay, come on, dude. I know his statue of Ganesha was right there. Like, <laughs> come on. Oh, trying yeah. to fuck with me. Trying to pull the wool over my eyes. I'm not in for it, mountains. I know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But... Nothing yeah, you guys too. should. You guys should play this game. I'm not sure how it plays on the Nintendo Switch. I don't know if they have, uh, if they use like the. I I don't know if they use motion controls or possibly touchscreen controls. I don't fucking know. But mm. on PC, controls pretty well, and it's only six dollars. So everyone should buy it. Everyone should play it. It's great. Um, <laughs> I found that in my adult life, with me kind of having like, I guess, I want to say like. ADD but it's obviously not basically just not being able to pay attention and spend a whole lot of time doing anything other than playing MMOs I guess uh, 
I I found that I enjoyed these much smaller experiences. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've been I've been feeling the same way. When I hear that a game has like more than ten hours, I, now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh no, <laughs> so much of my life. Like, yeah, I just don't have as much free time, and I like having these short bursts of things. Like it's the same thing with like. Uh, this is why I enjoy Netflix. Like there's sometimes I binge shows and I go through them, but I just like having the, the 30 minute, you know, short piecemealed, like here's a chunk of content. Okay, cool. I'm happy with that. Like I like having more of the, like the just concise here is what it is and not a 50 hour JRPG kind of style. Cause it's just like, I just don't have that time. You know, I'm playing too much Binding of Isaac. I can't I can't also put in 40 hours of this JRPG. I love how Binding of Isaac is like a perfect game to not consume a bunch of time because you can just hop in and hop out, but you're Dude, just like, nah, I'm fucking, all day, every day. I'm at over 100 hours on my Switch with that game right now. Holy shit. Yeah, I have put in a lot of time. It is just consuming me. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of just, you know, loving video games, I guess, uh, let's move on to our main news segment of the podcast. Our first news story is written by Adam Bankhurst. It's over on IGN. It is surprising winners take home big awards at DICE, uh, the DICE Awards 2020. So if you guys didn't know, this is the 23rd year uh, that they are doing the DICE Awards. Yeah, one Mm -hmm. big at this year's 23rd annual DICE Awards. So the DICE Awards are seemingly a more formal actual like video game awards ceremony this year and the years like in the past has been hosted by jessica chobot and greg miller mm-hmm. um i guess co-hosted i don't yeah um yep. i don't want to get i i'm not going to read any of this article because it's kind of unnecessary i just want to talk about some of the things in this mainly that untitled goose game won game of the year uh. over over Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, and The Outer Wilds, or just Outer Wilds. That's pretty amazing, especially because I don't think anybody thought it was going to win Game of the Year at the Game Awards, and then Mm -hmm. it dies. It does. Yeah. it's. I mean, honestly, it's pretty crazy. Just for Untitled Goose Game in general, there's been a lot of hype, but uh, not even looking that far into that, going through the DICE Awards, there's a lot of winners that are indie games. They have yeah. Outstanding Achievement in Game Design as Baba is You, Portable Game of the Year, Cyanide Wild Hearts. Uh, to be uh, fair, there's only like one game one game in the Portable Game of the Year that's not an indie game. I mean, still, though. But, I mean, the like... Game Awards did give it to Call of Duty Mobile, which was the one that's not in there. So, yeah, that is, that is still an achievement because you're going against one of the biggest games. Yeah. Like, there's, like one of the biggest game franchises. There's a ton in here of uh, winners that are indie. Like, even um, role-playing game of the year, The Outer Worlds won that, as opposed to Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts 3, Pokemon Sword, and Pokemon Shield. Like, it's going up a lot, uh, going up against a lot of heavy hitters, and, like, there's still a good amount of indies that are getting, you know, uh, noticed and recognized for good achievements in many different areas of video games. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. I know you're going to disagree with me on this, but I'm still going to ask it. Do you find this condescending when it's outstanding achievement for an indie game? Like, outstanding achievement for an independent game? It's like, dude, what Untitled Goose Game did is an outstanding achievement for any game, let alone an indie game. 
it's kind of it's kind of funny that it won both though <laughs> like yeah what a weird uh, i mean it is strange that they still have this category especially when they're putting indie games in the like it would have made more sense if game of the year had no indies in it and then it was like okay outstanding achievement for independent games and then they had their own section but like if you're also going to include indie games in game of the year then what is the point of having its own area yeah, that, I mean, that is kind of my point that I don't want it to have its own area because I yeah. find it somewhat condescending. I just think it's so weird that it's like, yeah, this is an outstanding achievement for an indie game. Yeah, it's like, and like, okay. And I get the understanding, really? like, like the reasoning behind this is because, like, you think about this year, like 2020, we're going to have things like Cyberpunk, we're going to have the new Doom, we're going to have, you know, a, a lot of heavy hitters as opposed to 2019. So it makes sense because in 2020, it's probably unlikely that an indie game is going to win game of the year and it's probably going to be cross more... my fingers hollow night silk song what's up beat I mean, out I, last of us too i don't <laughs> i don't fucking think so but yeah okay uh i mean granted like i'm sure silk song is going to be amazing if it does come out in 2020 though but like i'm pretty sure 2020 is not going to be the years for or the year for independence like uh it's just it's not like there's a lot of AAA titles that are coming out that are highly anticipated. So it makes sense during those years, but like on a, <coughs> excuse me, on a year that's more like uh, level playing fields. I, I definitely think it's weird having that, uh, that award, but you can't really make that distinction because they can't just be like, well, this year was good for Indies. So why have that award? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> of course me hating that is kind of a double-edged sword because in years like this like you brought up it's possible that without that award like without just the category about indie games the indie games won't be brought up so exactly yeah yeah so it's tough it definitely i just hate it i hate it so much but <laughs> speaking of hating it let's move on to our next news story sorry these wow. are gonna go pretty quick because uh there's like of course the dice awards one I feel like it's pretty, like, we don't have to go through every award, just give uh-huh. a nod to kind of the indie games that are in it, of course, because we are an indie games podcast. Um, and then we have, not this story, but the next one, we are not going to get super deep into because there's an excessive amount in that. So, I don't want to spend, you know, two hours talking about it. But this story right now is also on IGN. It is written by Tom Marks, and it is Stardew Valley developer shares first details on two new games. Stardew Valley developer Eric Concerned Ape Barone has revealed he is working on two new games, but says don't get hyped uh, as they could be a long way from being released. Uh, originally tweeting that he is working on one non-farming game set in the world of Stardew Valley and another game that will also tie into the universe in some way. Barone shared more in-depth details about the project with IGN over email. Um, and this is a quote. I'm purposely staying very vague about Yeah, staying very vague about my new projects. Holy shit, I'm going to (laughs) cough. I've been like slowly choking on my spit for like five minutes. Um, Delicious. (laughs) I purposely vague about my projects uh, because I don't want to create a bunch of hype yet. Barone first explained. 
I like to work in peace without having any pressure of external opinions about what I should do. Uh, and this comes from the tweet they are talking about is actually somebody tweeting at him asking, are you planning to make a new game in the Stardew Valley universe? And he says, yes, I'm actually working on a couple of new projects. Uh, one takes place in the world of Stardew Valley, but is not a farming game. The other is not 100% sure uh, about the world yet, but it will tie in to Stardew Valley in some way which i'm very mm. interested in because yeah, it's a weird a weird uh way to put it <laughs> yeah but of, he he outlines later in this article that like he's not super far into development or kind of like the conception of these ideas so i guess it makes sense that he's not only being so vague but he's also like not saying too much about that game. Like, I mean, he's a solo. He no, he, he's a solo dev working on three games right now. Like, yeah, this is gonna take forever for any of this shit to come out. Yeah, uh, the article goes on to say he also uh, said that his plate is very full with all his different projects currently, including continued work on Stardew Valley itself. He noted in a follow-up tweet uh, that he's not setting not setting out to make the next indie smash hit, which I feel is like a good idea mm-hmm. because I mean, I imagine he has a lot of money, but following up Stardew Valley and expecting it to gain like this follow-up to be as big as Stardew Valley. I feel like, I don't know. is a recipe for disaster. Like yeah. it, it's very possible that this game will be great and a fantastic, but hitting like Stardew Valley has, I, I don't know. Like I might not I might not ever want to play the game for stupid reasons, but uh <laughs> there is something special about it. It gets people in that typically do not like farming games in an interesting way because it's so like kind of tranquil. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool that he's continuing to work on projects, especially since, you know, from where he's at, he probably has made enough money where he could probably live comfortably and just be like, "Yeah, whatever." Um, and just kind of just work on Stardew Valley updates every so often. But like it, you could see he's clearly passionate, especially if he's just spending so much time of his day working on all of these different games. Like he wants to actually do this, which I think is, you know, something to be recognized for. Um, and that I'm happy that he's passionate about it. Um, but like, who knows what this is going to be? Uh, the the way that he's so vague about it right now means that in the next following year, like they could be totally different ideas from, you know, what it is now, just because that's kind of how development works. You never know what it's going to change into. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and he also talks about later on that, uh, or they just kind of have a snippet about, I'm thinking about what games I might release this decade. Right. So, it seems like he knows that these games are not coming anytime soon, obviously, because he said not to get too excited about it. Um, He mm-hmm. does expand a little bit on what these games are going to be. He says they're both going to be single-player projects, uh, top-down 2D games with pixel art styles. Uh, um, yeah, he said that. He's also said a couple other things. Oh, that they're going to be... Uh, this game will also have uh, 30 by, 32 by 32 pixel tiles. So it's going to have twice the amount of detail that Stardew Valley does, um, which is going to cause a much longer like development, mm-hmm. which absolutely makes sense. So are you excited for these? Are you willing to wait until the end of the decade to play these two games uh, oh. just based on your experience with Stardew Valley? I mean, I, I'm willing to wait because I don't really care. 
<laughs> All right. Yeah, you're not I chomping mean, at the bit to play I'm these not, games? Yeah. I mean, like, Stardew Valley has such a crazy following. And, I mean, for the people who love it, like, more power to them. But it is definitely just not my style game. Um, that being said, I do think that the world is interesting. And I think that if it's something that's not a farming game, but is in that same world of Stardew Valley, that might be something I'm interested in, but I'm not going to, you know, get excited for it right now because I know that this could be years away. You know what I'm super excited about? These 32 by 32 pixel tiles, maybe that will, uh, (laughs) that little bit more detail will fix the animations, you know? I know, maybe, maybe then you can play his games. Maybe I'll, I'll cross my fingers that he gets that much more detail. Uh, but I think we should move on to our last news story of today, which is uh, technically over on Gamatsu, written by Sal Romano. Which I'm gonna say, Sal Romano is very much like I uh, I forget I I can't believe I forgot his name. Yeah, Liam Doolin over on Nintendo Life. Every single thing that I hear come out of Gamatsu, I swear to God, it's written by Sal Romano. <sighs> Our boy Sal doing us uh, justice. Yeah, bringing over all the news from I believe Gamatsu is actually like sp- Japan. Yeah, is is very like in depth with Japan, like Japanese games, and actually mm-hmm. poor, like translating a lot of that news, which we wouldn't normally get here in the West, which is very mm-hmm. very cool. Um, but that's not about this. This is actually about Indie Mega Booth announces PAX East 2020 lineup now. We're just going to go over a couple of titles in this. Uh, The booth will feature 79 titles from independent game developers uh, representing 18 different countries. That's excessive. I'm not (laughs) going to get too into that. But if you guys would like the full list, make sure you go over to Gamatsu, uh, give Sal this click, or go to the Indie Mega Booth website. um, Click on News, and you can actually check it out there. But let's talk about some of these games. Uh, So I'm going to... If you want to, we can each give one. So I'll go my one, your one, my okay. two, your yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that? that works for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm. I'm really like. I'm really upset that you didn't include that card game that I told you about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's not. It's not for me. <laughs> but you like cards, Big Josh Boy. You like as cards much, as and much other as you stuff. think. As much as you think every card game that comes out, I'm going to love. It's just not the case. <laughs> the game we're talking about is called Floppy Nights, by the way, if you guys would like to check it out. So the first game that I want to give a quick shout out to is Cloak and Dasher <laughs> by Spirit Stone Studio LLC. Um, there's not a whole lot to say about this game other than it's this very fast paced platformer, um, featuring a very interesting, like playable character who's wearing this, I believe like green cloak. It just seems like, like I said, a very fast paced platformer, which is what immediately stood out to me. And I think the art looks really, really interesting. Um, other than that, I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than I would recommend you guys check it out because it is super interesting. Um, it has, I want to say... A 16-bit art style, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, it also has I, that color contrast that I often talk about that I really enjoy. It has kind of like these neutral kind of darker backgrounds, but then the foreground is actually like, or at least characters in the foreground are bright and colorful. I like that a lot. Um, so I'd recommend checking that one out on the list. Uh, Josh, what is your first title? So my first title is called She Dreams Elsewhere. Uh, she Dreams Elsewhere by Studio Zavir. 
Uh, I think that's the way you pronounce it. Uh, this is actually a title that I talked about, like, I want to say like 30 episodes ago. Um, and I talked about it because uh, it was on God Bless the Crowd. And yeah, so, I think it was like, uh, it was on itch.io, right? Um, I don't remember exactly where it was, but I, I ended up playing the demo of it and it was actually pretty cool. It's very, it's very, um, like an old school, uh, JRPG where you would have turn-based com, uh, combat. You're looking at the enemies in front of you. You have different characters, different attacks, you know, spells, what have you. Um, but it's really interesting. I, I really like the art style to it cause it's very like simplistic, on the actual level that you're on where uh you're walking through um it's a it's a 2d but top down look and it the world that you're in is very white and bland but everything around that area is like intense colors and crazy patterns and the reasoning for it is it it goes into this whole concept of like mental health and uh you know dealing with you yourself as a person and self-identity um and it's very much a, a woman who is combating with uh depression and mental health and her um kind of psychosis of this is when she goes into these battles is because it, it seems like she's battling herself almost. And I, I really enjoyed the theme of it. Um, I've only played the demo, but uh, definitely something to you know look forward for. All right. For my next title, it's Coffee Talk. This one is actually already out. You guys can purchase it on Steam for $12.99. It's very interesting. Uh, apparently, it's very similar to Valhalla. Which was probably one of the most annoying names to actually say when you see it written out because it's a bunch of ones and shit. Um, Mm. This uh, coffee talk is, and this is their Steam description, uh, a coffee brewing and heart-to-heart talking simulator about listening to fantasy-inspired modern problems or people's problems and helping them by serving up a warm drink or two. This game looks really interesting. I've heard good things about it. Um, I... I want to check it out really badly, but it is something that I know that I'm going to not like, I, I think I'll like it, but I don't think I'll really, really love it. So I think I'm going to wait for a sale. Um, just mm-hmm. cause I'm mm-hmm. on that budget now that I've set myself to, which by the way, I've saved an excessive amount of money that it kind of makes me depressed that I was spending <sighs> that much money on video games and stupid shit. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy what we do when we actually don't spend our money. I know, right? Right. Uh, only sixty bucks a month, so I really crossed my fingers that Temtem wouldn't have been a bad choice because it's thirty-five dollars. But it was a great choice because I also ended up getting Florence as well. It's good stuff. See, good stuff. But Coffee Talk looks really, really interesting. I like the art style a lot. It's uh, it's very cartoony, which I really enjoy. It's obviously not hand drawn, um, but I'm excited to actually play it when I do. Um, I'm. Of course, going to wait for a sale, like I said, just because I'm on my budget. But once I do play it, um, I doubt I'll enjoy the actual gameplay, if I'm going to be honest. It is one that I'll I'll tell you guys to look at, by the way. Um, it <clears throat> is developed by, I think, Toji Productions. That's T-O-G-E Productions. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, your second title. What you got there, Big Judge Boy? So my next one is called Rainbow Billy, The Curse of the Leviathan. <clears throat> and what so- the fuck? I know. So this game is is super interesting to me. It's something that I actually backed on Kickstarter like years ago. Um, and I 
think should be coming out soon. Oh, um, this looks cool. So Rainbow Billy, actually, what's funny is the art style to it I don't like um, because they originally started very similar to what art uh, you would see in Cuphead. And then they kind of changed it to this different like 3D look modeling of it. But it's still very cartoony, still very classic. But it, it had the, ape- uh, the appeal. And one of the reasons why it's like Rainbow Billy, um, it originally was Steamboat Billy. And it was a play on the Steamboat uh, Mickey. Mickey thing. Yeah, exactly. So it was that kind of cartoon style. It was that uh, feel to it. And then they kind of like shifted as the years went uh, by while they were in development process for it. Um, but I'm still, you know, a supporter. I've still backed it. I'm still, uh, ready to actually get my hands on it, but it's essentially a a cross up of kind of like a, a Zelda game, but also a Pokemon game at the same time. It's like you walking around trying to restore the world of color that's been stolen by this Leviathan. Um, and you're doing that by, uh, part of the game running through the town, kind of like you would in Zelda, a very 2d, uh, action game. And then another part where you're in your boat and you're like fighting monsters and collecting them. And it's a very mon battle type game. So I'm not really sure how that's going to blend together, uh, and how they're going to do that, um, in a way where it doesn't feel kind of forced. Um, but I'm very intrigued to see what that end product is going to look like. Yeah, that game looks absolutely cool. Mm-hmm. I've I've got to check that one out. Um, the next <laughs> game I have on here is called Drake Hollow. It's by the Molasses Flood. Uh, this doesn't seem to have like a Steam page or anything, but it is really interesting. It's a like village builder, but in this weird like this world that has a similar aesthetic to something like um, fuck. I had it in my head, but I totally forgot what it actually looks like. <laughs> Um, but if you guys actually like like village simulators, I guess, which mm-hmm. a lot of people do, I would definitely check it out. I've got a fucking what is this? What did these people look like? <laughs> I don't know. Damn it! <laughs> now it's not coming to me what these people actually look like. <laughs> it's pissing me <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm sure you'll think of it later in the episode. I know it's gonna piss me off so much. Um, I'm looking at pictures of it right now, and I swear to God. From a specific like game or series, like yeah, it's like a specific game that mm. this because it it doesn't have like realistic looking characters. They are like kind of exaggerated and they look very cartoony. Um, yeah. But it does seem to have this like co op element to it, which I think is cool, where you battle different monsters with a team. Huh. Um, yeah, this is interesting. Fuck! I it doesn't look like Sea of Thieves. What game am I thinking of? <laughs> I don't know. No Fuck, idea. I, I'm just going to give up on it because this I is going to piss me off so much. But <laughs> I would definitely check it out. Uh, it looks really interesting. I like how it it's not necessarily taking this like cutesy approach to it. It's very mm-hmm. kind of like dark um, with the exception of when things seem to be like happy in your village and then it's right. very bright. Once again, contrast, I like that a lot. But uh, what is your next game, Big Josh Boy? So my next one is Mon Cage. Um I've talked about this on the on the podcast before. I'm a really oh, big... Oh, fuck. I just remembered it. I'm so sorry. I no, got no, no, to go ahead. you. It looks like... Uh, I believe it's Gods and Monsters. The uh, trailer that they put out, Ubisoft uh-huh, uh-huh. did. It looks like that. Okay. Interesting. Um, anyway, so my third pick is Mon Cage. This game looks super cool. I've always, uh, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, been a, a big proponent of 
like illusion games or games that are kind of trippy and play with uh, weird just perspectives. Um, I talked about this in one of the most recent games I played a couple episodes back, which was Super Liminal. Um, games like Anti Chamber. Um, there's a lot of really cool ones out there that really just mess with kind of your head and with uh, perspectives and creating a, a, a unique puzzle game. This one is essentially you're looking at a cube. And from different angles of the cube, there's different like scenarios or different pictures or scenes. So you're looking at one and it's like a toy box that opens up, but on the other side, it's a factory. And then what you do is you twist the cube so that you're looking at part of the, the chest and part of the factory and you're seeing different items from those scenes that like match up. And when you match those items, uh, using that weird perspective or that angle of the cube, it will then change the scene in one of those uh, windows that will progress through the story. So it's like really weird of just using perspectives and using different pictures um, of trying to find like little hidden images in everything. And I think it's really cool. I don't know how it's going to be like a full-fledged game, so to speak, but I think just from the actual... Uh, test demo that they have up on here the video of of playing around with it i think it's a really cool experience and i'd love to get my hands on it yeah this shit looks trippy as hell (laughs) i'm looking at it and it kind of reminds me of like how uh there's a new indie like platforming kind of puzzle game coming out i don't know if it came out already or it's coming out this month Mm. i should have it actually i don't know on I believe it actually is coming out this month or it already did. It doesn't really matter, but it's called uh, The Pedestrian. Mm. It's basically like how on bathroom signs they have like that kind of like character of a man and a a woman kind Uh of a thing. It's one of those like stick figure people, but going through different platforming puzzles and you have to connect signs in environments kind of a thing so it's not necessarily like a perspective puzzle but the way that this kind of deals with perspective reminds me of it um cool cool this shit looks cool though i'm gonna have to (laughs) i'm gonna have to check out monocage i know i'll hate it because i'm just not smart enough but (laughs) it does look really interesting um I'm more of a cutesy game fan that's why my next pick off there is actually garden story um Mm. This is a farming sim slash seemingly, like, at times it kind of looks like an action RPG. It is, uh, of course, pixel art because I'm a pixel whore. Um, It's really nice, like, 16-bit pixel art. Uh, It's an isometric game, so it actually has, like, a similar overlook to Stardew Valley. Um, where they do the, like, the top-down view. Uh, this is in a world of, like, these anthropomorphic, like, animals, like, frogs, and, uh, as well as different, like, berries and stuff, which is actually kind of interesting, because it, I guess, really makes you think about your food. Um, my, my fiancé often, like, brings up that apparently some pseudoscientist said that, uh, I, that, like, fruits and vegetables actually scream when you eat them. Right but we can't hear it. And I'm like, that's terrifying. So it makes me, makes me really want to play this game, I guess. Um, (laughs) I, I don't care much about the like farming sim aspects of it. I just really, really like the art style. I think it looks very, very cute and very beautiful. It's very detailed. Um, so far I haven't seen too many animations, so I don't know if that's, you know, going to ruin my time, but, uh, this game just seems to have a lot of character from what I've seen. So I, I definitely recommend people check it out. Uh, what is your next game, Big Josh Boy? Number four. Oh, sorry, I did want to interrupt oh, one more time. That is right. by 
uh, Picogram. It's P-I-C-O-G-R-A-M. Good call. Um, <clears throat> my fourth game that I checked out that I thought was really interesting is called The Iron Oath. Um, this is by Curious Panda Games, which, first off, what a great developer name. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it is a turn-based tactical RPG with medieval fantasy settings. So it reminds me a lot of, um, if you are familiar with uh, Behemoth Games, uh, I think it's called Pit People, um, which is one of their most recent games where it's like a very tactical-based uh, grid based game where you have your characters who can go in certain areas and move a certain range and they're attacking other units that are around. So similar to something like Fire Emblem or, you know, a a Advanced Wars type uh, tactics-based game. Um, But what's interesting is there's that aspect to it of the, you know, the combat. But then there seems to be this story element of walking around and there seems to be very... um, kind of like ailments and effects that uh, will be part of your characters similar to darkest dungeon. There's a scene where they're sitting around a fire, just like in darkest dungeon. And they're kind of talking about something that's like is uh, they're suffering from and things like that. So I think there's, there's going to be, you know, not just the tactics based part of the game, but actually walking through a story based dealing with the uh, issues of your party members and going through with them. So, that kind of uh, relationship or, or secondary part to the game actually interests me. This, uh, I think just from a combat style, isn't usually my favorite, but I think it's done in a way that seems uh, at least exciting for me. Um, I don't know why, like what's different really. I guess it just seems more small scale because um, that's one of the things with tactics games that I'm usually not as crazy about is because it's often just so much for each one of those, you know, levels where you're like, Oh, okay, here goes an hour of my time into this one section where I'd rather just have small battles. It's kind of why I really enjoyed something like, uh, divinity uh original sin 2 is you're moving from place to place and then you have a battle and it's like a small section and even though those battles took a while it was like you have you know you're facing a couple of enemies you battle you finish it and then you're good to go and then you go to the next one kind of a thing um I think I think it's interesting. One of the things they say in the description is taking on various contracts while building your renown across an ever-changing world. So uh, I'm I'm kind of looking to that to see how much they play into that ever-changing. If it's something where you know your actions are gonna uh, actually affect the world, um, just seems like something that that something to keep your eye on. Yeah, um, it looks very cool. Reminds me a lot of Banner Saga. I guess at least the. Uh, the like gameplay reminds me a lot of Banner Saga, not really right. the art style. Right, right. Um my last game is A Fold Apart. It's a like romantic puzzle game about long distance relationships. I honestly just really like this game. The the art style is kind of interesting. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but it actually kind of reminds me of the the movie Inside. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. just cuz it has these like bright colors and the people are kind of like colored in a certain way, yeah. but um, I honestly just really enjoy like romantic stories in video games. It's, I don't know. Romance is depicted so weird in video games. It's often just like, this is something that's brought up a lot on the podcast, Normandy FM. Um, but it's, it's less about romance and it's often about just checking a box in video games. Right. And 
that's what makes games like a fold apart or Florence to me. That's so interesting. Um, and makes you want to play them so badly, even though I'm pretty bad at puzzles. So I would definitely check out a fold apart. It's art style is really, really cool. Uh, that alone. And I imagine this story is going to be great if you're a romantic, I guess. Uh, yeah. so what is your last game, Big Josh Boy, before we hop into news cram? Yeah. Uh, one quick thing about that. A Fold Apart was actually a game that I was really, really excited for last year. Um, I think when it came out, uh, I tried to get it on terminals, and they denied me. Um, really? So, yeah, so I was super sad about that. They only had a limited copy, and uh, I don't know. I'm not much of like an influencer. So, <laughs> um, But anyway, I, so just to put that out there, I think it is something that people should uh, definitely take a look at. Uh, my last one is rising hell. And so this is a game that's already out on steam early access. Um, it looks super interesting, very fast paced. It's basically you constantly climbing up this, uh, what seems to be a procedurally generated cause it's ever changing hell. They, they say, I don't know if that's true cause I haven't actually played it or looked too much into it other than the trailer and a few tidbits on it. Um, but you're essentially constantly going up a tower from hell um and below you is like lava that's rising up so there's that element of like you got to go quick but there's also enemies who are on each stage so you're rising up and you're trying to defeat all the enemies so you're not dying but also worrying about the the floor below you uh going to essentially destroy you um so it's very like arcadey platformy um you know, kind of beat the clock type game. Um, it just looks like a lot of fun, a lot of fast pace, and there's a bunch of different, uh, what seems to be uh, different characters and different styles of gameplay. So it just looks really interesting. I, I kind of want to check this out and see if we can get a copy or just end up getting the copy myself because this seems like something I would enjoy, you know, playing uh, a couple of times of just seeing how far I could get up there. Yeah, yeah, this does look really interesting. I like the art style a lot. Uh, so... Now that we are done with our main news stories, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hop into News Cram. Cram. All right, now that we're back, let's hop into News Cram. News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of Indie Incursion, an indie games podcast, cram you full of all sorts of amazing indie games news. Uh, this week in News Cram, we have one quick news story. Uh, no quick deals and such um hmm. new deals and quick steals is actually what that is part's called because i always is forget quick steals I was, yeah i always forget to just scroll down just a tiny bit to scrolling see is it. tough <laughs> you know it's like a lot of work you gotta move that finger and it, you know what if it cramps dude i'll be oh I'll be, news cramp that's a shit creek without a paddle i'll be uh. fucked that's true. All right, we can't have that. You're right. Don't don't ever scroll. <laughs> don't overexert myself yeah. in the small movements of my fingertip. Uh, so, our first news story and our last um, is actually uh, over on Nintendo Live, where it's reported that developer ASCIISoft is indeed still working on the free DLC for Katana Zero, and also announced uh, that said DLC is apparently three times the original plan size. That's Damn. pretty crazy. I know a lot of people are really excited about this, especially at Parallax. There's at least one guy in mind that is very excited for this. So, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hefty update. Yeah, it's three times the size. That's crazy. Especially because the game ends in such a way that you're like, okay, 
you definitely are planning something. So it'll be <laughs> it'll be cool to see what happens. Uh, now yeah. on to some new stuff. Our first six items in new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that adventure puzzle game Spirit of the North by Infuse Studio is officially heading to the Nintendo Switch sometime this spring. That 2D action platformer Bucket Knight by Pigeon Dev is headed to the Nintendo Switch on February 28th. That action adventure game Pumpkin Jack by uh, and I don't, I'm not going to say this right. I'm just telling you right now. It's Nicholas Masonier. Masonier. I'm going to say Masonier. It's uh, M-E-Y-S-S-O-N-N-I-E-R. That's Sounds about an right. excessive last name. It's awesome. Good job. I guess, being born to that family, um, is headed to the Nintendo Switch in Q4 of 2020. Uh, that open-world parkour game, Hover, by Midgar Studio, and uh, Fusty Game, which there was also Fusty Games on there as well, seemingly two different entities. I'm not 100% sure. It's kind of <laughs> stupid. Um is getting a physical release through PM Studios. Uh, said additional... Our said edition will cost you uh, twenty nine ninety nine and are limited to five thousand copies. Uh, pre orders seem to be live as of this time of recording. Uh, and lastly, that action adventure game three thousandth duel by Neo Popcorn Core uh, is now available on the Nintendo Switch and will cost you fourteen ninety nine. Mm. Now over to Polygon, where it's reported that online monster tamer Temtem by Crema uh, just received a new update, adding many new features such as a new area similar to the Safari Zone in Pokemon, called the Sai Park, I believe. It's S-A-I Park. Um, as well as implementing a player vault that will drastically increase storage space and more. Now over to Twinfinite, uh, where it's reported that open universe exploration game No Man's Sky by Hello Games has just received an experimental update on PC that includes many new oddities, such as seemingly biological ships that are supposedly not listed in the patch notes. This has since been actually announced that this is a full update that includes things like biological ships, but also so many other things um we might expand a little bit more on this next week but if you guys are no man's sky fans this is pretty dope biological ships are so cool <laughs> but they look so gross at the same time uh especially since they announced that there's tentacle cockpits and you can mm. you, yeah you can go both third person and first person in your cockpit in no man's sky so that's gross sounds like my saturday night Ew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm into those tentacles. <laughs> right in the cockpit. That's what I always say. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I like how up until that moment, somebody could say that you just like calamari, but then we just got to take it that extra little bit where you're like, nah, it's an innuendo, you idiot. You idiot. I do like calamari, though. It's pretty good. Really? It freaks me out that sometimes it still moves. Oh, it's okay. That's, nah, dude. A little Not move, a fan. little rumbly in the tumbly, you know? It's fine. Ew. Um, and <laughs> that physics-based puzzle game, uh, World of Goo by 2D Boy, is getting a physical release on Nintendo Switch through Super Rare Games. Uh, luckily, we're being treated to not only a standard edition, but a steelbook edition as well. Both are available for pre-order starting February 20th, yet you have to act fast because, sadly, the supply is limited to a mere 6,000 copies. Now, I couldn't see if that means that there's only, like, 3,000 each, or maybe there's 6,000 of both. Um... So that's something to keep in mind. But if you guys want World of Goo physically, 
in a standard or steelbook edition, make sure to head over to Super Rare Games website on February 20th. Uh, to get that one um and to round out the group over on GameSpot, it's reported that action rhythm game cyanar wild hearts by simogo maybe s-i-m-o-g-o uh is headed to xbox one on february 25th that co-op puzzle game ib and ob by uh sparpweed and cube glue is headed to the nintendo switch on march 5th because i just died yeah that was Um, a weird weird one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and lastly, the fast-paced action game Bloodroots by Paper Colt will release on PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, and PC on February 28th. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in there. So, Big Josh yes. Boy, we've been blessed with so many amazing indie games news stories that I think it's about time we give back to the creators in God Bless the Crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh boys hops into all sorts of crowdfunding sites, finds an indie game, and we talk about it. Uh, this week we've got Laser, a cyberpunk cloth former, which is such a weird way to say that, I guess. Uh, Laser is a, <laughs> a unique skill-based uh, physics-enhanced 2D platformer with cloth simulations in a cyberpunk world coming to PC, Switch, uh, and more. They are looking for $10,000. That's their goal. They have $8,931 currently at the time of this recording with 309 backers and four days left to go. So by the time this comes out, if you guys are interested in this game... Make sure to go and back it because it will mm-hmm. only have like two days. This is a cry um, for help. Yeah, please get it to the end. This game does look interesting with the exception of in its trailer, this says like a platformer like none other that you've seen before. This looks exactly like every platformer that I've seen before, so I don't know what they're talking about. I guess <laughs> the like the, the weird cloth sh- part. The cloth part is interesting and the weird jumping, how it's like, oh, we go like... It's like weird physics based on when you're jumping through that like rain that like pushes yeah. you up. So but they like, have that, but the the similar things have been done in so many platformers that just have fans. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Super yeah. Meat Boy just had fans and it did the exact same thing. Yeah. But so that being said, it does look pretty cool. Yes, it does it does look really cool. However much I say that it doesn't like it doesn't necessarily look like anything super special. That doesn't mean that this game isn't really interesting. Yeah. Like it, it looks like it's doing a lot of what other people have done, but it does look really awesome. I like the bright, colorful, uh, the colorful world. Your protagonist is pink, which mm-hmm. I don't know why I find that so interesting, but ever since playing, I, uh, I want to say it's something super joy. I forget. Oh, um, Ah oh, man, yeah, it, it is. It's like a electronic Superjoy, maybe. Yeah, something like yeah, that. I have that game. I that. should know this. I I have it too. It's a seizure waiting to happen. That yeah, game is yeah for sure. <laughs> it's super fun and it makes me hate myself because the platforming's really hard. But damn, it's like it's it's a lot of flashing. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Uh, to get Laser, the actual game, you have to pay fifteen dollars, but Looking at this, this does look really, really cool. Um, If you guys are fans of platformers, definitely come and check it out. Uh, Laser is a skill-based physics-enhanced cyberpunk platformer uh, whose gameplay is emphasized sharply by its dynamic claw simulations. Uh, The setting draws inspiration from such uh, sources as Akira, Judge Dredd, Ghost in the Shell, Blade Runner, oh, and Blade Runner. Uh, You play as Laser, a fusion-powered killer android who finds themselves in 
themselves. Interesting. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's plural. Uh, what? Uh, it could be multiple people. You know. I, I guess. I don't know everything about this game, so maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> they find themselves in a new world, a uh, dangerous future metropolis called Alpha City 1. Um, I will say, I guess the cloth thing is kind of cool because when you interact with it, the physics do some interesting stuff where the cloth kind of moves. Yeah. So, like I, like I guess this is going up those ladders. It's like freaking out when you jump on one. <laughs> Yeah, it actually moves. This kind of like reminds me of that game Noita, which is like the yeah, physical, yeah, 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 yeah. Y- yeah, the physics-based one where every pixel is actually rendered. Mm-hmm. So it, they all have like physics uh, into it. The only thing that I'm like, I really want to know more about is does the physics like, do they affect other platforms within the game or just cloth? Like yeah, just the cloth sections. It's it's weird that they focus so much on that cloth based part. And I guess each level will probably have something that's cloth based, I suppose, so that it makes more sense that like that physics element is uh really uh emphasized. So heavily featured. Yeah. yeah. So I don't I don't know how much that's gonna be in each one of the levels. I would assume they're gonna do something like that, because like otherwise why would that be your biggest like point of you know interest yeah yeah it is kind of weird i do like this has something that a lot of platformers don't which is like kind of this upgrade system that allows you to choose a different way to play yeah um so they're called the shell mods which i i don't know exactly how you get them in game but you could change thing like uh you can change it to where you have less health but you're seemingly i'm i'm guessing lighter mm-hmm. um you like shoot lasers faster or slower but they do more damage or less damage like fully automatic or not um that is really cool i think that's awesome because upgrades are always really nice because they give you like kind of this sense of progression and that for you sure. get to play the game you want to Instead of like playing the game that's made for you, which I guess is a little weird to, way to say that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't feel shoehorned into oh, I just have to, you know, be better or I'm not good at this game. It's there might be power ups that fit your style of playing a game that you're better with than you know, like maybe if you're able to jump around and be lighter in the game, you can avoid more attacks and you don't mind being as you know glass cannony because you're able to dodge better or maybe you don't want that and you want to have more health and be a little bit slower and more meticulous with platforming based on you know whatever power-ups they might have so there's there's like different ways to make it so it's it feels more personalized to how you want to play a game as opposed to just what is there for you yeah yeah this this game looks really interesting um if you guys are fans of platformers make sure you check it out i really like the colors i think those are cool um I think it's weird that on this Kickstarter, they so heavily emphasize the different, like, areas, but they just seem to be, like, of course they're different, but they just seem to be, like, different colors. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, granted, this is first starting off, so some things will probably change with that. But, yeah, it is it is interesting the way they're, they're trying to, you know, emphasize here's, uh, you know, this different shade of this color. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is also really cool that seemingly it's designed for speed running. At yeah, least is what they say. That's honestly one of my favorite parts about this because even if like I'm not into this game, this looks like it could be cool to watch, and I'd love to see like a, a GDQ version of of this game being speed run. 
Yeah, I would. I do think it'd be really cool to not only just watch people's like scale in this game, but also see if they could break it and mm-hmm. how they do that. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about this one. Um, I'd recommend people check it out. Obviously, I've said it like three times now. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. I think it does deserve to succeed, um, especially because they're planning for it to come to PS Vita, which is so Yeah, weird. I thought that was really strange that we just had that conversation like last week about like, yeah, oh, about Twin only, Breaker. Yeah, they only have so many limited, uh, you know, cartridges and whatnot. And it's like, nope, we're making it for the Vita. Yeah, yeah, this is really cool. Um, is there any last like sentiments you wanted to talk about with this game? Uh, the only thing I would say is like if th- any of this does sound interesting to actually get your foot in the door and actually get something, uh, it is a fifteen dollar uh, minimum to get your copy of this on any platform that you want that they're going to release to. So it's you know it's pretty standard, but um, it does look like a fun platformer. So if any of this is interesting, uh, you know throw them the 15 bucks they could use it to try and get to that 10,000 goal and actually be backed um i think that's really it awesome awesome so it's time for us to move on to our random questions we've got in a sense three but definitely more when you really think about it (laughs) we have Um, three people who have asked but there's multiple questions uh our first random question set of questions i guess comes from josh nichols friend of the show from that their active quest thanks for writing in josh you amazing beautiful as always i can just see you through the internet you know um he writes in and his first question is what's your favorite miyazaki movie that's an interesting one uh i don't watch a lot of miyazaki movies um but uh i have watched a couple princess mononoke spirited away you know some of the main like uh more popular ones i really like princess mononoke um it's just same dude yeah so good (laughs) it's it's a good movie um i don't really have too much to ramble on about miyazaki it's never been like my style of movie um like the the stuff that he works on but princess mononoke was definitely a good one yeah i i love mononoke um howl's moving castle is also really interesting one of my favorite parts of mononoke was actually the uh like the forest spirit after they give it back its head which of course spoilers for (laughs) i i love accidentally forgetting to say spoilers for things until after i've already spoiled something it's only a uh, spoiler until you say it's a spoiler then people know fuck I just did it to myself. But spoilers for Miyazaki movies and anything else we're going to talk about in this podcast, um, including episode 69. Nice. Yeah, big boy. Um, (laughs) Interesting enough, my favorite is actually like probably – I would like to say it was more than likely – Princess Mononoke or Howl's Moving Castle, but my favorite – at the moment is actually tales from Earthsea, which is people's generally like bottom tier. (laughs) And it's not, it's not that I think it's the best. It's just that I, they actually like, so tales from Earthsea is based on a book series that, Uh um, was actually like, it's been made into a TV show by sci-fi that I actually really enjoyed when I was a kid. And finding out that the two actually had something to do with each other was really interesting. So it, the sci-fi show follows Sparrowhawk, this mage, when he's younger, whereas Tales from Ursi, um, the movie is actually much later in his timeline. Um, there are a lot of kind of like not-so-great visuals and at times super creepy ones <laughs> in 
uh, in Tales of Mercy, but I really enjoy it. Um, it's not, uh, if you're, if you're looking to collect all of the like Studio Ghibli movies in the works of Miyazaki, it's definitely one that I would imagine you could find for cheaper. It's not like highly sought after, but I do really enjoy it. Um, yeah, yeah. Special shout out to the so after what I was gonna say was after the like spirit gets its head back mm-hmm. in Princess Mononoke, how it turns into that large kind of like aquatic monster yeah, that yeah. looks like uh that looks like Aang's avatar state from Avatar: The Last Airbender when he's in the North Pole. I think that shit looks super super dope. Um, <laughs> All right. Josh also asks. I I guess he. He asks, but also tells, he says, I still like Napoleon Dynamite. Do you guys? Now, I want to know where this came from. <laughs> Josh just went on a rant with these questions. He's just like, let me just go into the data banks here and just think of as many random things as I can. I'm just going to rattle them out for you guys. Yeah. Uh, so for me, Napoleon Dynamite was actually filmed in Idaho. At least certain parts of it are. So I wow. feel like... Yeah, growing up in Idaho, I have to like Napoleon Dynamite. I'll say there's definitely things that don't age well in Napoleon Dynamite, I imagine, but no. damn, it's so awkward and it's so funny. <laughs> I'm I, good I on still, that. you don't like it? It's okay. It's just not like, it's nothing. Okay, Napoleon Dynamite is the kind of thing where I watched it once and I was like, I'm good. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Like it was okay. Oh yeah. But like it's not something that needs multiple viewings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't need multiple viewings of Napoleon's weird ass dance <laughs> at the talent show or like seeing the vote from Pedro sign vote for Pedro signs or s- stuff like that. Watching him kick the volleyball. No, it's not even a volleyball, <laughs> it's a fucking tetherball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is so much more lazy. I remember playing tetherball when I was in school and you're just like What's the point of this? Also, when you were in school, did you have tetherballs? No. No? Okay, well, there's this weird thing that they would do where seemingly they were so afraid that somebody was going to steal the tetherball that they would take it off the pole when you came in from recess. That's strange. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, of all things, one, how much does the tetherball cost that you would need to do that? And two, who the fuck is stealing tetherballs? (laughs) I don't know, so man. weird. It's a it's a serious problem. <laughs> but yeah, Napoleon Dynamite, good movie. I would definitely recommend uh, watching it once and then never watching it again because it's probably one of the most cringy movies I've ever seen. It really fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Josh writes, and this is not a question at all. It's just a completely unwarranted statement. He says, I'm really sad about Super Meat Boy Forever because of its different con- uh, controls and gameplay focus. I'm trying to be excited, but just loved the original and its precision so much. How do you feel about this, Big Josh Boy? Um, you know, I honestly, I, I'm looking at it optimistically. Uh, I think a lot of stuff that comes uh, from Edmund Edmund, God, I can never say his goddamn name. Edmund Edmund McMillan. Ah, Yes, that guy. Uh, Generally, I'm a fan of it. I think that if they did this, you know, the change in direction, they did it for a reason because they didn't want it to feel so samey or something to that nature to change things up. And I think it could still be a precision platformer in the nature of, like, you need to time all of those different attacks 
correctly and actually bounce through. Cause one of the big things is you're like, you're jumping and you're punching and that gives that punch when you hit an enemy a little bit of a float so that you're progressively moving in a certain direction. So I still think it's going to be tough and it's going to be very like snappy to that degree where you just have to be on point with knowing how to uh, kind of project yourself in a way where you're moving with the enemies and, you know, spacing it out accordingly. I think it's going to still be good. I'm, I'm looking at it where, you know, this obviously it's going to be different, but like, I'm pretty sure there's modded levels uh, that you can get and different things if you want more of the same. This is just going to be, you know, a, a totally new change to the franchise. Um, but I, I still think it's going to be good. Yeah, I feel the same. Um, I liked Super Meat Boy a lot, but I was not very good at it. So I'm hoping that Super Meat Boy Forever kind of tones it down a bit so I, don't. I can really get into it. I don't. <laughs> I, I hope yeah. it's still just as hard, but in a different way. It's definitely against what they should do, but just like tone it down a little bit, you know, make it a bit easier for me. Uh, (laughs) Chase Hopkins writes in and asks, what's the best slash dumbest inside joke you've been a part of? Um, So I've I've said this before, not on this podcast, but I said it once when we were on uh, the classic gaming podcast. Um, So the dumbest inside joke I have for some reason, I don't know why, but me and my best friend really love Shaquille O'Neal. Um, oh my god this <laughs> fucking thing <laughs> there's something about him that always makes us laugh i don't know what it is i mean granted he does some like really silly things um but there's just this one for some reason memory of like me and my friend talking about shaquille o'neal and we have this one thing where all the time we go uh, on this rant about like oh i'm shaquille i play b-ball don't put my head in the microwave and then we like act like his head in the microwave and like starting to freak out because of the radiation waves and him exploding i do not know why to this day how that started like i don't remember it at all but we do that all the time and it always makes me laugh it's so funny to me <laughs> Jesus. so that's the dumbest inside joke you've ever been a part of i i think so i mean it's pretty <laughs> dumb uh not okay so my friendship with chase is full of so many stupid and like kind of just often hilarious inside jokes that it's hard to pick one the most recent one that comes to mind is actually so i have you ever seen that video? Uh, they're like the list videos where this guy comes through with a super monotone voice. And he's like, number seven, Burger King foot lettuce. It's not yeah, yeah, what you yeah. want, but it's, uh-huh. yeah, that thing. So they introduced me, Avery and Chase introduced me to that one day at work. And then from then on, anything that happens consistently, we randomly will be like, number seven, chase is a bitch or something (laughs) like that so i consistently do that but one time uh we were doing some odd tasks like cleaning a wall it works we had nothing to do and so i work in a like a coffee roastery i package coffee but they roast the beans and like grind it there so one of the coffees was burning and they have to do some like weird shit up above the machines and our boss who we frequently joke on because he's also one of our friends from like a long time back he's chase's actually like Mm brother-in-law we goof on him all the time so he fell and like hurt his leg or like hurt his arm or something so that 
that entire week he kept saying that his arm hurt just randomly like he's that kind of guy who like gets hurt like on monday and on friday is still bitching about it like every day you hear about it you're like i get it your fucking arm hurts stop telling me about it so instead of being assholes like that we were instead assholes like every time he'd say it or he'd say he couldn't do something we'd be like number seven my leg still hurts and we this was like a year ago and we still say that to each other (laughs) i love jokes like that (laughs) so that's probably that's the at least the most recent uh dumb inside joke that i've been a part of with chase there's just so many that i for often forget them he's gonna listen to this and be like oh my god i can't believe you didn't you didn't say this one or this one because it's just too many at this point uh like oh okay here's another one actually now that i think about it there's this local like mexican food restaurant that has abysmal service it's literally the fucking worst actually i don't even think it's local it might actually be more than that it's called los betos it might be a chain there's multiple in uh our like area so i guess in a way it's a chain even if it's not outside of idaho but we're eating there one day um, I, on lunch at work, and I went on this rant about these fucking stupid-ass, like, toys that you could get. And, uh, because we were talking about how we were goofing on one of our friends and say, saying that he doesn't, that he's not going to work. Instead, he just comes and hangs out at Los Betos all the time. <laughs> and I was like, but... If every time he came to Los Betos, he just brought a quarter and he invested those quarter in those swap bots over there, which are just knockoff Transformer toys. Uh-huh. Um, I was like, he would be rich. He could corner the market on swap bots. He'd sell them in a massive, massive uh, like profit. He'd be rich in days. Like he, all he needs is swap bots, millions of dollars in swap bots. So now, just like randomly whenever we'll be talking about money or like wanting to do something it's guaranteed that we will be like dude you know what you should do and people will be like talking us seriously they're like i'm thinking i might want to invest in this business i think i might want to open my own like company or whatever we'll be like you know what you should do invest your money in swap bots okay this is an emerging market that nobody has been taken a part of and then Eventually, it was kind of this depressing moment where we went to Los Betos and they replaced the swap bots with like little aliens or some oh, bullshit. No. <laughs> and we're like, we missed out. We uh, could have made millions. You fools. <laughs> You've fallen for one of those classic blunders. That's also something that we've recently started saying to each other a lot because of the meme that has been going around mm. recently. So, yeah, a bunch of stupid ass jokes Hilarious. that have gone on. Uh, our last questions, in a way, uh, come by Samuel Fillion. Uh, he or they, we were talking about this before. I don't actually know whether or not Samuel is a male or female. So they write in and say, uh, I might be too late, which you are not. We record these a little bit later in the day. So you've got a good couple hours when I send out those tweets. But uh, writes in and says, I might be too late, but what's your biggest geeky dream? I would personally love to spend a day uh, in a life-size model of the Normandy spaceship from Mass Effect or Ass Effect, if this was still episode 69. Nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a dynamite drop-in, dynamite yeah. inclusion there from I, Sam. I enjoyed I, it. 
actually <laughs> laughed while I was at work and had to read it to Chase and Avery. Uh, he said, clarification, the Normandy SR2, because if you didn't know, there are actually two different versions of the Normandy. One, blown up at the beginning of Mass Effect 2. The second, like five minutes later, they're like, yeah, we fucking built it. It's like Normandy SR2. <laughs> Dope. Has some um, AI. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't really, I don't know. I thought about this. I don't really have a lot of geeky dreams or things that I could think of that I'd really, like, care about uh, to really do. I'm a, I, like, when I think about it, the the main, like, geeky thing, I guess, I'd want to do is just actually attend a, an actual, like, games convention. I've never been to anything like an E3 or, like, a, you know, like a PAX, and I feel like I should go one day kind of a thing. Or... Like I would, I would love to to be a part of like a, a GDQ or something like that, like a games done quick, like that kind of stuff is my jam. Wouldn't that be super cool <clears throat> if eventually we could actually go to PAX and do a panel? I doubt it'll ever happen, but that would be so interesting. Just do a panel about indie games or some shit like that. That would be legit. The best big titty indie games. <laughs> <laughs> we could finally make that list. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, this has been in the works. For years. years. Okay. (laughs) We know what the people want. (laughs) (laughs) I hope we get to that point where we can go to like conventions because that is also like my kind of like biggest geeky dream other than, you know, like having sex with Mass Effect aliens. Let's be real. Like if you played Mass Effect, you want to smash. It's cool. It's cool. (laughs) I was bringing it up before the podcast with Josh. I was like, if there are different species, is it necessarily cheating? Because Uh, (laughs) as you know... I am getting married, but that is, I feel like that's like a philosophical debate because do I have an emotional connection with them? Because they're an alien, but they are a person. So, you know, like, well, okay. Where do we draw the line here? First off, uh, based on what you just said, an emotional connection. I mean, that doesn't mean anything if you're cheating. That's what a lot of people do is there's no emotional connection. It's just you're that fucking something point. that's hot. <laughs> but like my first point when you when we were talking off the air where you went, uh, you didn't put the emotionally connected part, but you were just like, what if I fucked an alien? Because it's a different species. And I was like, what if you fucked a dog? Is that still cheating? <laughs> like, I mean, it seems like it, right? It's just a <laughs> weird way to do it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't think I'll ever resort to bestiality, so I don't think I'll ever actually know whether is or not Is fucking my... an alien bestiality? No, I'm saying I, I, in my lifetime, I don't think I'll ever get to have sex with a hot alien. Mm, so instead, outside of my biggest geeky dreams, I will never resort to bestiality, so I'll never actually find out whether my wife considers that uh, cheating or not. Mm. What if she just wears a costume? Okay, I know this is gonna get weird. Oh seriously, yeah, let's get weird. What's uh, what's what's your like opinion on furries? Oh, uh, okay. Let's not get weird. <laughs> no, you don't want to talk about furries. <laughs> I don't want to talk about furries. I'm I'm not a fan. To each his own. Really? Or, or to each I their don't own. understand the problems that people have with furries. I don't. I don't have a problem with people who are furries. I just don't care for it like it's not my kind of thing like i said you know if you get off to to fuzzy animals like hey man or lady like you do your thing you you do it just don't hurt nobody as long as no one's getting hurt and you're just doing your thing like more power to you but uh not for me that's so weird because seemingly like everyone i talk to basically outside of like the furry community says that same thing which i know 
it is not just about sex if you're listening to this and you're like a furry or you're in that community. I know it's not just about sex. It's about like you feeling like an animal on the inside or something like that. I'm not super well read on the subject, but I have had multiple arguments with people about it. Um, <laughs> I I know it's not just about that, but I feel odd that I'm like, I'm one of the most closed minded people on earth, especially when it comes to like food, I guess, which has nothing to do with this, but I'm very closed minded. Okay. Okay. I'm kind all of right. a bitch that way. That's um, okay. And I feel odd that me, of all people, I'm like, I'd do it. Like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, everyone has their line. It, yeah, it's just like kind of like wanting to have that experience. I I don't know. Like, I I don't know. I think I'm t- I'm, I might just be weird. I might be the um, odd one out that's like not in the community, but it's like, I mean, if if the opportunity was there, I guess. See what you've done, Sam? You got this way too weird. (laughs) (laughs) Just blame Sam for the furries popping up. Yeah. It's kind of like, so I wrote into Active Quest a while ago, and I just asked if, like, The Witcher was animated with all the sex, if it was hentai. They somehow got onto tentacle porn and then blamed me for bringing up tentacle porn, and I was like, (laughs) I didn't fucking do that. (laughs) That's you. That's your dirty minds. (laughs) So, Sam, this is all your fault. It's your fault that we got to furries. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll go back to the convention thing. That's my geeky thing. I want to go to an actual convention. I want to actually be able to, like, I think being able to be part of a panel or even be part of, like, a press thing and going to, like, going to a press, like, doing a press thing and not just being, like, a rando who's doing press, but, like, going there and being, like, oh, Indie Incursion, like, yeah, sure, I'll talk to you, like, let's fucking have an interview or, like, whatever, like, I think that would be nuts, like, to get to that point, like, would be such an amazing feat that I, you know, like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, I'd really be happy if it ever did, um, but I think that would be, like, a geeky dream of mine is to to be somewhere in the community and be, like, to actually, like, help people, because this is one of the things I was thinking the other day is, like, I love being able to ask people for games and getting those games and being able to talk about them, but, like, I'd love to get to a point where people are literally reaching out to us and being like yo i want you to talk about my game because you actually push you know like copies of it or because you you like get the 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 actual name out there and shit like that like that would be such a cool thing to play a part of to actually give back to the indie game community to it you know yeah, yeah. The like I've said this before, but that was the whole idea behind God bless the crowd is wanting that to eventually happen, yeah, for where sure. people hear about these on our show and then they go and they go and back them. Um, I love how we're we're like seemingly so not creative because Sam's <laughs> like I'd love to fuck around in the Normandy, and other than me just like having this wild fantasy of having sex with aliens, um, <laughs> we're like our biggest geeky dream is completely attainable (laughs) (laughs) hey man it's good to have small dreams you need to have stepping stones you know once we get that geeky dream then we can we can have you know our next big geeky dream and it just keeps expanding we can't just just be totally wild and you know uh, out there or i guess i guess we could but I mean, we kind of have been so i like to set obtainable goals all right sam get off my back (laughs) (laughs) and on that point we're gonna end this week's episode thank you guys so much for listening if you guys would like to chat with us outside the show you can follow me at 
Hyde Legion. On Twitter, you can follow the show at IndiePod, and you can follow the biggest of average Josh boys at the underscore Josh. 90. You can also uh, email us your questions or email us about your games if you would like to. That's um, IndieIncursionPodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up there. We could check out your games. We could just chat. We could do whatever. doesn't really matter. It's kind of there for a reason, I guess, yeah. <laughs> for that express reason. So, uh, yeah, that would be great to hear from you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you'd like to write in, make sure to look out for the tweet itself that I send out each and every Monday. Uh, you have two to three days, depending. Oh, it, it is like three days in a way um, for when we actually record this. So we love hearing from you guys. We love actually reading your questions and somehow diverting into furries you know i guess it's not somehow that's my fault it's, <laughs> it's definitely fault. you <laughs> <laughs> uh that's it for this week's episode thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you guys next week bye guys when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.